There's a movie that came out recently uh, called The Death of Stalin, and it is sort of a parody. I mean, it's a very dark movie because it uh, it starts out with the death of Stalin, and then the, all of the kind of scheming and uh, backbiting and betrayals that lead to Nikita Khrushchev becoming uh, sort of Stalin's successor as leader of communist Russia, the Soviet Union. Um, lots of murder, lots of lying, lots of bad stuff going on. Um, but there's this one figure who, she's a, a pianist that be, uh, appears in the beginning of the movie, and she has sort of always been anti-Stalin, which if, if you know anything about Soviet Russia, that was not a good position to have if you wanted to survive and not die. People were routinely taken from their houses for being dissidents and political prisoners were shot. Um, and she is talking to Khrushchev at one point who she had taught one of his daughters or sons piano and he was paranoid that he was going to be connected to her because she was being pretty bold with her criticisms of the government. Uh, and she said, he's like, don't you know that they could kill us? And she just says, yes, but I believe in everlasting life. And he says, who in their right mind would want everlasting life? And I think that's such a nice uh, scene, a nice contrast between the two philosophies. She's very Christian, of course, uh, Russian Orthodox, believes in Christ, believes in heaven. He, very much a communist Marxist, believes there's nothing except the material world. This is the only life we have. Um, and so what does it mean to have everlasting life in those two worldviews? It's very different. If it's just this life on to eternity and you just keep getting older and older and your body keeps getting weaker and weaker but you just never die, that does sound bad. It's just a life of, of suffering, this world extended on to eternity. But what she is talking about is a different kind of everlasting life, the kind of life that Jesus is talking about in the gospel. He says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. Now, what he, it sounds like he's talking about is just if you eat the Eucharist, you're not going to die, which we know he can't mean that because we all receive communion. Uh, we're all going to die, at least in these bodies. He says, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. What he's saying here is something mystical. So it's kind of beyond our ability to understand literally, but it's also even more kind of physical and earthy and, and not symbolic. You know, it, it's very tempting to talk about Jesus like, oh, I'm the bread of life, meaning eat my ideas and my words, listen to what I have to say, take my advice and change your life. But the way Jesus phrases it, um, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Even the Greek words that he uses at first are like eat, as in consume, and the rest are like gnaw. He, he's intentionally making it sound sort of scandalous, like almost cannibalistic. You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. There is a kind of communion that's more than just seeing Jesus or following Jesus or hearing him and obeying him. It's a, like a nourishment relationship that we have to consume him. He has to be in us, as it were, and we have to be in him. Because the kind of life he wants to give us is not just this life on into eternity. There's a certain transcendent life that he wants to give us. That um, This reading from Elijah, uh, or the book of Kings about Elijah, 
where he, he, without giving you the whole backstory, but he's just, a, he's in a really stressed out position. He's running for his life. And he's in the desert, he's tired, he's hungry, he's thirsty, and he falls asleep beneath a broom tree. And he's just ready to give up. And the angel comes in and says, you gotta drink this water and eat this bread. And he eats it and drinks it and goes back to sleep. And then wakes him up again, eat a little bit more, drink a little bit more. And then all of a sudden he gets this strength to walk for 40 days and 40 nights to the Mount of Horeb. And that's where he uh, has a famous uh, encounter with God in the tiny whispering sound, the still small voice. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of situation where you physically or emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, just kind of running on empty. And you get to this point and you need something, not just sustenance, something to go on. Like he eats that bread and drinks that water at first, but yeah, okay, now his belly's full, but still, you know, you've ever been there with your mind or your heart just isn't full and you just you have the energy, but you don't have the desire. Um, but then that, that second wind, it's not just that you've got the sustenance, but you've got the motivation, right? And that's, that's what I think Jesus is getting at in, in talking about himself as the bread of life, this bread that we eat and we don't die. It's that we not only get the nourishment we need to keep moving on, you know, that our Father, give us this day our daily bread. We need it every day. We need it every Sunday at the very least. We need this spiritual nourishment to keep going in the Christian life. We can't do it on our own. But we also need that motivation that this is not the only life. That this bread is not just so that we can live this life forever. It's so that we can live a higher kind of life. That there's another world. There's another kingdom that we're moving towards. That no food... This stuff is all great, you know, and in a way, the whole Bible starts about, it's about food and how do you eat and choosing to, to grasp at the fruit that we shouldn't have chosen. Um, and salvation also is about eating. It's about take this bread, take this wine, take this flesh and take this blood and receive it to change your hearts from the inside out so that you can live in this higher plane. And so... It's hard to keep preaching on this. We've had John 6 for the last three weeks. We're having another week next week. But if the church wants us to, to contemplate the Eucharist that badly, that we get all of these weeks in a row, the same discourse, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. Um, it's what we do every single Sunday. It's kind of what makes us unique as Catholics. And so there's no limit to how much um, worthy contemplation there is of this mystery that Jesus gives us his own flesh and blood to eat.